0: Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, Adam. Happy New Year. How did your Roosevelt's gifts go over with your loved ones for Christmas?
1: Oh, they all loved them. And now I think I need to get myself a gift because Roosevelt's just dropped a new line of Mandalorian-themed designs, and I desperately need every single
0: one of them. I think you deserve it. You know, new year, new Star Wars shows, new blouses. We've got the Bad Batch, Ahsoka, and the Mandalorian Season 3 coming out. So, of course, Roosevelt's is dropping a bunch of new great stuff.
1: Their latest apparel drop is a six-piece Star Wars collection that just arrived with four new Kunuflex-style button-downs, one new Western-style roper, and a brand-new reversible bomber jacket that will definitely put a Target on your back.
0: Well, I have a Target on my back right now because that's my favorite jacket. I love it. And you can get that jacket at a great discount if you go to roosevelts.com. That's s.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces, and you'll get 20% off your first purchase. That's RSVLTS.com with promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off your first purchase.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.
0: Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell. And I'm Nick Cambarian. What's up, Adam? Hi, buddy. Good morning. It's early. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? Oh, yes. <laughs> Affirmative. <laughs> all right. Today's going to be quick because I am leaving in a mere 70 minutes for the airport to go to Disney World. That's cool. You know what they have there? Star Wars. They have a Star Wars. <laughs> lit it's uh it's my wife's my life it's her first time ever at disney that's cool that's doing fun. the whole thing
1: doing anything as an adult uh new experience is uh it's fun
0: she's gonna love it i have a strong suspicion that we may become a disney couple mm. like not like a youtube couple but like going on vacations there mm-hmm. it's just like so easy yeah like all the hotels are great all the food, all the attractions, everything. It's just so easy. And if it's like, where do you want to go? And all this research and shit to go, like we were talking about going to Hawaii. Instead, it, it's like, let's just go to Disney. Let's just do that. Mm-hmm. It's awesome there. Yeah. Animal Kingdom, Galaxy's Edge, Magic Kingdom, uh, Hollywood Studios, Epcot, like all of it. it it's going to be sick. Yeah. No, you're going to have a good time. I hope
1: you become a Disney couple, but then you say, let's move to California. That's the dream. That's, that's my hope and dream.
0: Well, All we need is another housing market crash. (laughs) Just one more, just for good measure. Let's just live together. Who cares? I don't need much space. Yeah, kick those people out of that back room. We'll get in there. (laughs) Our dogs can all hump each other, and it'll be great. Exactly. Luckily, no one can get pregnant. (laughs) All right, let's talk about Star Wars. We're here to talk about Indiana Jones. I mean Tomb Raider. I mean (laughs) National Treasure. I mean The Bad Batch. Let's get right into Stolen Plans. What have you done with those plans? The Bad Batch Season Two Episode Five Entombed debuted today, January twenty fifth, twenty twenty three, on Disney Plus. Disney Plus description: The Batch searches for an ancient treasure that stirs up a shocking surprise. Shocking indeed. I was shocked. Yeah, I was shocked. Electric. <laughs> Written by Christopher Yost, who was the writer slash creator of Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. I haven't watched that yet. I really want to. It's got Harold in it, of Harold and Kumar. I don't know what his real name is. John Cho, maybe? Mm-mm. He's Harold. I don't know. Uh, he also wrote five episodes of Rebels, The the Prisoner in season one of Mando, Thor, The Dark World, and he co-wrote Thor Ragnarok. He's been around. Yeah. That's pretty big time. Directed by Nathaniel Villanueva. This is his eighth episode of The Bad Batch. He also directed an episode of Tales of the Jedi. Runtime on this one is 28 minutes, and it guest stars Wanda Sykes, primarily, as Fi Genoa, And a brief appearance by uh, two actors who we haven't mentioned yet for whatever reason. The bar dudes, the Weequay and the Authorian in the bar that are just like always there. The Norm and, uh, you know, the Norm of Cheers kind of character. Yeah, they probably, we don't mention them because they don't have lines or anything. They're just there. Yeah, they have like a few in this one, I guess. Uh, Sam Riegel plays Catch. He's Donatello. In 153 episodes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the animated series that ran from 2003 to 2010, okay. Donatello does Machines, right? Mm-hmm. Leonardo leads Donatello does Machines. Liam O'Brien as Bolo, he's mostly done video game voices, uh, fi- Final Fantasy, one of those 18 of those that they have, whatever, and a game called Asura's Wrath. So good to shout out those guys. All right. This episode I thought was fun as hell. It's a side quest, no doubt but i thought it was super fun what'd you think
1: yeah i i would prefer this one if we're going to put last week's episode and this one in the same category as like side quest or adventure of the week or whatever i prefer this one a little bit more just cuz it it at least has some implications down the road i don't know what they would be right now but some implications down the road dealing with or pertaining to like the super super far in the past you know like thousands of years ago so That's kind of exciting. Hopefully that comes back into play.
0: Yeah, we'll get into, I want to discuss like the meaning of the stuff and go a little deeper. Like after the synopsis, you just unlocked maybe a tie-in, a a theory for a tie-in that could be exciting. Mm -hmm. I really liked how this had like kind of a video game vibe to it. And the video game vibe comes from film, of course, because Mm -hmm. it had like, we joked about it at the the top, like Indiana Jones treasure hunting kind of vibes, uh, Tomb Raider. It's got the like the puzzle solving to open doors, yeah. to fight monsters, to get to a final boss kind of vibe, and then you escape mm-hmm. at the end before the whole thing collapses or explodes or whatever. It, it was very much that model, and that's fun as hell for, for me or for any, anyone of our age or younger, you know, growing up on something like Indiana Jones or playing Tomb Raider or playing any other game like that. All right, let's just go ahead and jump into the synopsis here. The episode opens with Wrecker and Omega searching for spare parts in a scrapyard. Maybe the same one where Wrecker was training her to defuse bombs in season one. Could be, yeah. Looked like that.
1: They're still on, uh, where are they, Mantel? Yeah. Seems like they're still on the same planet, so yeah. I back that.
0: Same scrapyard. So they're looking for a compressor for the ship, I assume. Omega finds a bunch of pretty little trinkets and whatnots as well. They get back to Sid's parlor. Fee is there. Fee, voiced by Wanda Sykes. She looks through these trinkets and discovers that one of them is an interstellar compass that leads, according to what she's reading on the inscriptions, an uncharted planet in the Kaldar trinary system. Trinary meaning three suns, I'm assuming. That's what I took from that also. Fee talks them into following the compass to find the, quote, treasure. So they go to the planet. They're reluctant. Omega's all about it, but the badge is like, oh, God, fine. I guess we don't have shit else to do. We'll do that. So they get there. The planet is uninhabited. It's been destroyed, scorched earth style, wrecked. They don't know why. They'll find out later. And the compass spontaneously activates, ends up leading them to a secret entrance to a cave system in a mountain with inscriptions on the walls that seem to be thousands of years old. Fee claims it's the entrance to Skara Nal. This is something that we've never heard of before. This is brand new. I was like, "Oh, that's got to be an Easter egg." And then I whipped out the old Google machine, and uh, I don't even know what came up. <laughs> Nothing to do with Star Wars. That's what, that's what I know. Just a one-line page on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. The legend of Scarinol is apparently known by pirates and treasure hunters across the galaxy. Fee says the legend traces back to the ancients, predating the Republic and the Jedi. And Fee says the the quote treasure inside is the Heart of the mountain, she calls it, which is capitalized in the subtitles. Hmm. So it's a thing, not just a, a metaphor, like a metaphor that she's throwing around. It's called that. Uh, so they find a series of obstacles, puzzles, booby traps, etc. in this mountain. They must face three challenges. First, the breath of God. Only the penitent man will pass. <laughs> Second, the word of God. Only in the footsteps of God will he proceed. Third, the path of God. Only in a leap from the lion's head will he prove his worth. Quite literally, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's so much that it's it's amazing. I don't care. I love it. Real talk, though, the compass uh, has a lens that when you look through it, reveals things invisible to the naked eye. It's basically a black light. They end up putting a flashlight through it, and it kind of projects things on the wall. It's, it's a black light. It's got that color. So whatever the Star Wars equivalent is, that's what it's doing the first obstacle is a cylindrical room a vertical cylinder with rotating sections that they have to align to open the door to the next area they use the viewfinder kind of thing in the compass they figure it out it opens up a tunnel then I, right when this is all about to happen there's a big sharp toothed and clawed creature that they have to defend themselves from classic star wars stuff I always hate when they shoot the animals, but... It's like the boss at the end of level three. (laughs) Yes. It's not the big boss. (laughs) But you got to beat that boss to get to the next level. (laughs) The next area is a tunnel with a breakaway floor, a.k.a. the word of God challenge in Indiana Jones. Hunter starts to walk down the tunnel. Floor breaks through. He falls, but fires a grappling hook in time, saves himself. Classic. Jehovah begins with an (laughs) (laughs) I. He forgot (laughs) that. You know that in Latin, in the Latin alphabet, Jehovah starts with an I. Should have known, should have listened to uh, his dad. Junior. (laughs) Omega looks through the compass viewfinder and sees inscriptions on the ceiling. She then finds a port sort of thing that the, the compass plugs into on the wall, which activates a thing that rotates the tunnel 180 degrees, bringing the ceiling where the inscriptions are down to the floor level, allowing them to walk through safely. The last puzzle, quote puzzle, just turns out to be a door with a hidden handle. It opens to reveal sort of a main atrium kind of thing, which seems like a control room of some kind. And there's a large crystal stone kind of thing, very fifth element vibes here with the shape of it. Mm-hmm. Fee says this is the heart of the mountain. This crystal, this stone that they've been looking for, not a Kyber crystal, or maybe it's made of Kyber. Who knows? Eh. Mm. We'll discuss. Yeah. Uh, Fee promptly grabs it which triggers a bunch of commotion, feels like an earthquake from their perspective. But outside we see the mountain erupting and from it emerges this giant four-legged walking machine with a long neck, like a big mechanized giraffe with a laser in his face. I think that the subtitles called it a mech at some point. Yeah. It starts firing this giant laser beam at the surrounding area, just burning and destroying everything, making it obvious what happened to the planet, right? This thing. (laughs) Yeah. They realize if they don't stop it, their ship will end up getting destroyed, and they'll be stuck there. Fee's droid gets blown away. It's a bad situation. So the batch, uh, much to Fee's chagrin, puts the crystal slash stone heart of the mountain back into its place, but not before battling with the creature again, who shows up. And upon placing this stone in, it immediately starts to react. It, it sort of m- like melts the stone, which is weird. The machine powers down and starts to collapse. And the whole thing crashed to the ground. It's all over. But it also looks like it kind of explodes. Like it's got a self-destruct thing. Yeah. It's not just falling over. Did you see that too? Yeah, I could see that. Fee and the Batch uh, leave without any treasure, but they're satisfied. They solved the mystery of why the planet was destroyed and destroyed the machine that was responsible for it so it can't be activated again. Mm-hmm. The end.
1: Yeah, I wonder. I mean, because it did look like you mentioned there was. Sa- it seemed like there was like a control room in there. I wonder if that thing was just like off on its own, destroying the planet and whoever was controlling it either. I mean, I guess died or left or something, but there was a control room, but it also seemed like it was activated on its own or working on its own, I should say. So I don't know.
0: Curious stuff. Let's take a quick break and then discuss this more in depth. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's.
1: You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad all over print button downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have
0: Star Wars because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button
1: downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to RSVLTS.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's RSVLTS.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase.
0: All right. We're back. So what the hell is this all thing? all is the name of the machine, right? Well,
1: if it predates the Jedi, my knowledge gets, uh, way blank. I don't know. I don't know what
0: happens before the Jedi really.
1: It has this
0: like world between worlds design aesthetic. Yeah, that's for
1: sure. That definitely, uh, first thing that popped into my mind i'm like is this going yeah. somewhere or does this just look like this or is this something we have to remember for yeah. later on
0: and it's got that kind of art deco-ish kind of high republic vibe to it as well mm-hmm. i mean this is predating the high republic according to this but still yeah. there are like design cues that line up with that mm-hmm. so the question is the biggest question like just like on a practical level what is the purpose of this thing who made it why booby traps
1: booby traps yeah i have no clue Because that's what's confusing to me about it is our being supposed to be in it or
0: not. Is it like sentient? Right. (laughs) Like I really have no clue. My best guess would be, and this is just coming to me now, if it was buried just like the grail, for example, because of its power and potential Mm -hmm. to keep it from hurting anyone else or keep it from getting into the hands of the wrong people. And that's why the booby traps are there. So Mm -hmm. whoever defeated this thing finally shut it down buried it then set up all the booby traps and the tunnel system so they could still get to it hoping maybe one day they i don't know they could do something else with it but ultimately like burying it protecting it and that's why it's not like it was meant to be solved and then activated to kill everything you know because it it had Mm -hmm. already done its damage you know what i mean is it making any Mm -hmm. sense No, definitely. And I just, I also
1: wonder then where does that compass thing come into play? Because that's clearly part of a way to activate it is finding that compass. And it was just, where was it? It was like in, it wasn't even like, I want to say it was like a dashboard or something in like a scrapyard that they found.
0: Yeah. If the compass was made when the tunnels were made and was made to put in that spot that locked in, it was like a key, right? Was that that? I guess that was made by the same people who defeated this thing at some point and buried it, and then that got lost out in the galaxy. Ended up on in a scrapyard, you know, on their planet. Yeah. Hmm. Don't know. Could just literally be a mystery. But us being nerds,
1: here, are something thousands of years old. We're like, wait a minute. That's yeah. cool. Tell us more about that.
0: <laughs> and then the crystal, the the heart of the mountain. What is the crystal? Mm. It's got this spacey nebula looking interior that makes it not look like just a big kyber crystal. Mm -hmm. It's also carved in that like, it's like square-ish, it's not a triangle, right? It's it's a square.
1: No, it was like monolith-ish, but like, I want to say one side, like the top was like a little bit more jagged.
0: Yeah, but it's like, uh, like the, the footprint of it is square and then it's just tall, like a, like a building, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, it could be kyber with some shit in it or something. I don't know. Do kyber crystals ever have anything else in them? Mm,
1: not that i remember i mean it would be interesting i mean i would assume that the clones know what kyber crystal looks like so right if they weren't like hey that's kyber crystal then maybe it's something
0: else zach the maker in the chat says he got planet cleansing vibes like the halo infection style thing and they mm-hmm. may have made it to take out the planet's population in case they became too much uh like our current planet maybe if the the humans mm-hmm. got out of control basically, just like neutralized all the humans yeah, kind of thing. Just speculating, he says, but obviously built to destroy. Mm-hmm. But it's also like War of the Worlds vibe. Oh, definitely, So it could yeah. have been some alien thing that they just killed everyone, but at least one last person or something shut it down and built this... Uh, I mean, one person couldn't build the cave system and bury the thing, but still, you know. Mm-hmm. Why does the machine collapse when... They put the crystal back in the spot, though. That was the most confusing part to me. Like, all the other stuff is just, like, you know, probably unanswerable questions, mysteries, whatever. Mm-hmm. Big-ass MacGuffin. But why would it melt down the crystal and then destroy the whole machine when you just put it, put the key back in the, the place? You yeah. know? I, yeah. I
1: really don't know. I don't know what a reason could be. And, honestly, it seems kind of random to make sense for anything like speculatory in the future. <laughs> I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. You got me there.
0: Yeah. Like what Zach saying again, the crystal melted. Why didn't it melt the first time? So, one, one and one time use, one and done. Like you plug the thing in. Yeah. And
1: Maybe it's fuel. Maybe it's like a fuel
0: cell or something. So it is one and done. But if it's fuel, like why, when they took it out, would it activate? You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the weird part. Yeah. True. It's kind of backwards. Like it seems like. It seems like if they would have, like, tried to grab it and it turned or something and that activated, but it stayed in and then expended that fuel and then they took it out, mm. that would make sense. But the way they took it out and then put it back in, I don't know. Like, or was the crystal? Mm. No? Okay. Think about this. Maybe the crystal wasn't part of the machine. It was part of keeping the machine in place. Mm-hmm. Like a plug? Yeah. So plugging it. Or something? like you know, like the suicide pill that like a spy keeps, you know, mm-hmm. like in, in case of capture or emergency pop the thing and it, you're dead. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, it was like a, maybe a big restraining bolt kind of thing. And if yeah, someone okay. removes it, it activates, but then the the absolute fail safe is put it back in and it injects the, whatever is contained in that crystal into the thing. And, and that's the kill switch. I like that. It's the only thing <laughs> that makes sense right now to me. Because it's not like it, uh, it didn't like melt onto the ground. It just like withered, right? I can't picture that. I don't know. It kind of just got flaccid. <laughs> it feels like maybe it drained into the thing and that's, I don't know. Hit us up in Discord, anyone who's listening, um, if you're a patron, or comment on the inevitable post, message us on Instagram if you have ideas and theories. Maybe we'll see something next week. Maybe we won't. Maybe it'll be completely outside of... The bad batch that we get anything.
1: I mean, tell me you can't picture like at the end of the season Wrecker popping his head out of that thing somehow, like them repurposing it somehow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Be like, there you go. Yeah. Or tech with the my calculations suggests that if we yeah. reactivate the machine, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. It was a fun episode nonetheless. It was uh, like we said, side quest, but the implications are fun. The journey was fun. I like Star Wars. You want to do a really, really quick fake Den of Antiquities because there's really not any, <laughs> anything you can just oh, it's read so these fake. Th- three things. Imposter Syndrome, Den of Antiquities. Psych, <laughs> like, that's all we get.
1: <laughs> well, we saw a new kind of like gonk hybrid style droid had a cylindrical body. If for some reason, I was like thinking, I'm like, at what point are they just actually going to make like one that is a trash can?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's got to be, this would be the show to, to throw that joke yeah. in for sure. Bonk. Zach said it's called bonk, not donk. <laughs> no, donk, because it's got data in it. Oh. Donk. I like that. With a D. Nailed it. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I was just, when I thought
1: about the trash can thing, I was like, it's, and it's totally going to be like just a trash can that from Disney
0: yeah. or something. You know, like an actual Disneyland. Why aren't there like just a couple of those in Galaxy's Edge? Yeah. Just everywhere. Just gonking. <laughs> there should be. Yeah.
1: And the only other fake Den of Antiquities item (laughs) is that there's two references that Fee make that are both brand new. They sound obviously old or like maybe possibly they were in some Legends novel or something, but doesn't seem like they are. Uh, One of them was the Grand Pearl of Novak and then the Blade of Cicada Par. Both, when you Google them, uh, nothing shows up.
0: Big old Google duds. (laughs) Sound cool, though. And that's it. Let's do this now. I asked the patrons in Discord for their favorite moments, or favorite quotes, favorite scenes from this episode. Let's hear what they had to say.
1: Ethan says in Discord, "Things that I didn't see coming—the incineration of Fees Droid." Mel says that was unsettling. Uh, glad they jokingly acknowledged that this apparently happens all the time, and she's just going to upload his memory back into a new droid body. That was that was good. That made me feel less bad for the droid who definitely got. Beyond incinerated. Melted. Melted. <laughs> Ethan also appreciated the Indiana Jones feel of the episode. And then similarly on Discord, the blue guy 808 says, this episode gave me some national treasure vibes with a splash of mech Godzilla at the end. Definitely agree with that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Godzilla vibes when he
1: falls. Big time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually in the Discord. And then the meme. Yeah. <laughs> And Blue Guy 808 ends the, his post by saying his favorite scene was the giant Mecha Saurus waking up and just resuming what it was probably doing a thousand years ago before, which is funny. But then he also put the Danny DeVito from Always Sunny meme under it, where he's holding two guns and it says, So anyway, I just started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> <That> <laughs> it's really good. great. Real good. How about you, Nick? What's your favorite part? I mean, I think I just overall like that Mecha thing that yeah. I want more. I want to see the Bad Batch in it somehow at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I want to see record riding on the back of its head. Yeah. Boba Fett style.
1: But like they're so nice that they they switch the giant laser beam to like. Like it shoots rainbows or, or butterflies. <laughs> they, or I was just thinking of the word stun, but like they turned the giant death laser into just a stun gun. <laughs> it stuns
0: entire populations at once. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my favorite part was not a part, it was a vibe as well. Just all the Indiana Jones stuff as soon as they got in and they were solving puzzles and the way those symbols looked very fifth element, like the stones, the stone itself looked like that as well, but had Indiana Jones idol vibes, even the fall when fee it's fee, right? She's getting the stone at the end and whoever wrecker, somebody grabs her, pulls her back up. It was just so unapologetically Indiana Jones Mm -hmm. tomb Raider, everything else that even though it was a side quest, I I really dug it, and I was stoked to watch it again right away. Yeah, like I said, it was. I I think that
1: that just shows that you can't judge all side quests and adventures of the week just as you can't put them all in one pile. Because I do think that they both do fit in a general area <laughs> of being like a side quest, but this one was a lot more fun. And I think the if there are implications for anything in the future, or I guess in this case, way in the past, then at least this one. Does that? Where last week, I'm not so sure what
0: that episode will service, but we'll see. It's like you said, patience. Mm -hmm. You know, we're getting new Star Wars weekly with very little downtime between series at this point. It's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. We're not waiting years between stuff, so just just enjoy it and be patient. Have fun. Fine. All right. I'll have fun. Take your own advice. (laughs) And everyone listening, take Nick's advice. All right, we're gonna get out of here. You can follow this podcast. At Thank the Maker Pod on Instagram and TikTok. My stuff is all at AdamTheSkull. on the Skull.
1: All oh, my social media is at Nick Bayside. And in under two weeks, I'm going on tour. What? Please come see Bayside. I'm the Avalanche and Koyo in a city near you, unless you live in the Southeast, because we're not coming anywhere near the Southeast. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, also Story of the Year has a new single and video out. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. Oh my goodness. It's so good, dude. The song's great, video's great. It's my favorite video we've ever made. It's my favorite video you've ever made. Song's great. Good job. We went full boogie nights meets sabotage with the video. Like 70s uh, detective, you know, P.I., bad guy, bad dudes. You know what I mean? It's good stuff. And you're breaking bottles over people. That's, I was like, oh, man. that stands awesome. one move. Always drinking yeah. a beer, always smashing the bottle. We had a whole, <laughs> a whole case of them. <laughs> There's some,
1: like, funny, like, Matrix dodging of bullets, yeah. too.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with no agility whatsoever, just like the most yeah. like stumbling <laughs> drunken yeah. dodges. I love it. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and listen to armor party and princess and scoundrel, both podcasts on the network. Subscribe to those as well. Follow them on social media. You can find those links in the show notes. Also thank the maker. is the place you want to go. If you want to get thank the maker merch, including Mosh Isley merch. merch, um, our daughters of ferricks shirt is for sale right now. It's my favorite one that we have up. ThankTheMakerMerch.com. And if you want to support this podcast directly, Patreon.com slash ThankTheMakerPod is where you can go to do that. You can watch us record live like folks are doing right now. Vote in polls. um, Get exclusive content. Get access to our Discord server. Lots of good stuff. Patreon.com slash ThankTheMakerPod. You folks make this possible. Legit. Everybody thanks for being here. Nick, good hanging. Love you, bud. Love you, bud. And until next week, may the force be with you.